Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, the podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have, hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 Minutes of Clarity starts now. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity. I'm your co-host, Jason Noble. And with me today, I have Andy Merchant, our other co-host. And I'm excited to talk about education planning. Yeah, I know it's an important topic, right? But this is a, a pressing issue for a lot of people out there. And it's such an important thing. But Andy, why do you think this is an important topic that we we dove into today? Well, you know, Jason, we, we talk about helping our clients make really good, informed, well-informed decision. And and one of the realities is, you know, the cost of college is a real deal, right? I mean, it's uh, college debt is high regardless of what political strategies are put into place. But it's, you know, I grew up in the, the time you get an education and then uh, it, it earns you the opportunity to have, you know, hopefully a high paying career. Um, you make great connections. So I think college is so essential, but I think addressing the real challenge that our college graduates face when they come out, um, of, of school, have debt, and then how do they save for retirement? How do they do these things? So I think it's, this is a message today, hopefully for those parents, uh, that are thinking about how do I start with my younger child or even my, my teenage, a teenager who's getting ready to plan for college? Uh, what, what conversations are you having in the house first? And then we'll talk about the money on how to get there. You know, money is green. It's not blue and it's not red. Uh, so, you know, I always keep that in mind. But there has been some more political uh, chatter out there about student loan debt um, and uh, a proposal from President Biden. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that, Andy? Well, it, right. It keeps changing. It's questionable. Will it happen? Uh, you know, I, I don't I, I would rather just instead of the details, because the details aren't for us to share as much. You know, we did have the one uh, the one. uh Piece of piece of action that was taken to reduce uh, or forgive a tremendous amount of debt, which obviously we all know uh, hasn't happened. It got rejected, and now now there's a new uh, piece out there where where he's trying to reduce additional debt, which is primarily income based uh, for lower income and those kind of groups. But uh, I think that we always forget. It's funny you say that because I'm going to shift a little bit from what's out there, what they're trying to push down, and I because I don't I'm not a I don't agree with it. That's my personal stance as much as I think that we earned an education. We paid for services. It should be our responsibility. Now, the root of it is there are alternatives. Um, you know, there are a tremendous amount. I live in the Midwest. Obviously, we, we have a lot of rural communities. You know, there's ways to reduce your student debt through standard programs going out. And if you're a medical student or have medical debt, supporting your small communities. Um, going out, you know, sacrificing maybe the big city life for rural life. And that could help, you know, I've always joked, uh, with some people, you know, we've always had a forgiveness program. It's called the military. 
um, you know, serve our country. And I, I know there's programs out there. So less on what it is, I think that I think we need to shift our focus or clients and, and not focus on the uh, on the on the loan forgiveness strategy that they're we're trying to push through or being trying to be pushed through right now by President Biden. But I think we need to focus more on, on what's what action people can take. Yeah, what what can you control and what can you influence? And if yeah. you're if you're if you're hoping that you're gonna get uh, forgiveness, that's probably not the best financial approach or strategy. I'm going to dive right into one of the more common approaches, which is the 529 plan. Now, Andy, a little known fact about me. I don't even know if you know this. I used to be on the 529 desk for a very large institution at one point in my career, a very early point of my career. And I would get phone calls from advisors across the country going, hey, I got this couple in the office and we're talking about 529s. Can you go into (laughs) what they should be considering and thinking? And uh, so I'll just give a high level overview and then I think we could get into more of like what kind of conversations people experience through our clear picture uh, process and wealth program. But uh, the 529 plan is is a is a tool where you could be able to put money in potentially tax free if you go into the state that you live in. Okay. Um, every state is different. There's so there's there's a lot of variations into those rules, but a lot of them they do offer some state tax incentive for the contribution that goes in. The money will be invested with pre-selected investments from those particular states. Every state is different, like I said, but there's preset investments in a lot of them. And you could do like an age base. So for instance, if your child is two years old, you could do like a 16-year investment and it'll be more aggressive now and go more conservative as they get closer to 18. Um, Or you could build out your own investment vehicle however you see fit within their confines. The money will grow tax deferred, okay? And then at the time, it could be used for qualified educational expenses. So it has to be qualified educational expenses. Um, If it's not qualified, that could create tax implications. But if it's qualified, then that money could be used for their educational expenses. Um, And there's some caveats to everything that goes into there, um, meaning what if they get like a scholarship, right? Uh, Well, then uh, you could still pull pull out a certain portion that's proportionate to the scholarship and not incur any the the, the penalties or anything like that. And then the other thing is uh, they just, they expanded the 529, not just for college, but you could use it also for high school and other educational costs throughout the child's education. Um, Anything that you want to add on the 529 at this point, Andy? Well, I mean, with you being, being the the expert from your given days, uh, (laughs) I think, I no, I think, uh, you know, I think it's real, but I think you made a really good point there. Um, You know, this is a deferral strategy and anytime you defer it, you need to start early, you know? So what are you, how are you telling maybe some younger, younger families you know, that have those, you know, the less than five-year-old, um, usually they're earlier in their, their earning career, may not have the, the cash flow uh, to dedicate or fund. So how do you have that conversation with your younger clients that are looking to, to be committed early into the phase of the 529? Well, I always believe like you got to have your own mask on first when there's turbulence, right? And um, so that's really a reference to making sure that my client's financial plan, retirement plan is set in the right course. Then it's just looking at cash flow, money in, money out. What do we do with the difference? And if we could just allocate some money and and some, to, it could be a lot different to a lot of people that are listening, right? That could Some money yeah. could be $20, it could be $200 a month, right? It, it could really range. Some money to some people is $2,000 a month. I've seen it all, right? But yeah. Yeah. some money 
to just start the behavior on the practice of getting money funded into it. And it, it comes back down to cash flow. Andy, is there anything that you're saying that to build off of what I'm saying or uh, maybe a, a switch, yeah. a, sw- well, a, a I, switch to what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I just think that too, you know, uh, the same way when we do, when we start to have our conversation with clients through the, through accumulating clients through the clear picture wealth program is, you know, what is that goal? What's that conversation? You know, my mm-hmm. wife and I, when we set out, um, my game plan was never to go out and, and fund a hundred percent of my call, my ch- children's college right off the bat. My goal was to th- make it to where there was no excuse for them to go. And what I mean by that is our plan is let's make sure we have enough seed money for them to say, I want to go to college. We can provide that benefit for a year. From there, then we can explore. Do, are there, there are other scholarships once they're in college? You know, are there, um, employee benefits. I'll tell you my story as we get there. Cause I mean, I had a tremendous lucky opportunity with my employer who covered, you know, most of my expenses while I was working. Um, you know, so just walking through that, but that's what our family goal was is let's save enough in order to try to get our kids the opportunity to go to at least one year without them having the burden and say, well, I don't have the money. I have to go get a loan. I can't get a loan. We weren't in the financial position. Um, and maybe that's two years for some, right? And there's people out there that says, 100%, I want all my kids funding. And I think that's where the funding number gets set. And then to your point, start early, put a little aside. Um, you know, I think I, I want you to hit on it too, because they've made a recent change in the SECURE Act that makes the 529 a little bit more loose um, potentially later, but there's some limitations. But um, you want to hit on that real quick, and then maybe we'll go into other strategies. I could touch on the Secure Act in a little bit. What I'm going to get into is um, this is very personal to everyone that's listening to your point, Andy. And like my my wife's parents, they paid us seventy five percent. Where my parents said, "Hey, you're going to go to college," and then right before I went to college, "Good luck, kid. You're paying for your own college one hundred percent." Right. So I'm looking at it from a perspective of my own two children. I want to help them out, but I don't want to just give them 100% of it. I had people I went to school with that their parents were paying 100%, and then they were getting an allowance from mommy and daddy, and they didn't make it very long, right? (laughs) So so I think they got to have skin in the game, but that's my two cents um, on on that part of it. Now, now the the other thing that I'll say is, um, when I was looking at for my own children's education and going through the clear picture analysis for my own finances and with a lot of my clients, one thing we didn't like was it had to be qualified educational expenses. Like, so we felt like it was good to put some money into the 529, but have money in other areas uh, so that we could help beyond just education. Like we can help with education in a tax efficient way, but what if, you know, my daughter who's nine, it's kind of crazy, but as I'm a planner, right? I'm thinking about for a wedding and for a down payment on a home. So mm-hmm. all that stuff comes into play. And I think we're going to dove into that as well. But so the the Secure Act on the 529, you really want me to get into that? Okay. I think it's, I just I think it's just worth a quick highlight because I think it's it's a it's a key piece of information that I know will maybe encourage people to to fund. Fund, they'll still look at 529s as a funding solution within the Roth within the Roth transfer option. I know it's limited. I think there's some misunderstandings on it because our our news and our and our sound bites are really good at pulling out 
the highlights, but I think if we just touch on it and then I know we'll have a, probably a, a more intentional conversation individually point, but um, yeah, just a little out, a little aberration from Mr. Noble. Uh, you know, so on the secure act two point, they, 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 there were so many pieces of literature that came in on this and they, they touched on not just 529s, but RMDs and Roths as well. And, you know, when I'm, what I, I think it would be better if we were to write a blog on this because it, I don't want to give any information on this right now, Andy, because it's going to be a snippet and then someone's going to go, well, Jason said I could do this. <laughs> right. And then it's going to yeah, be like, yeah. well, no, you got to understand all the other complexities. So what are your thoughts? We take this off, off the podcast and put that onto like a blog post so that people that are listening, they could go and read it themselves and understand it with more with more clarity than just me touching on it for a moment. Hey, I'm Is always that- good for a little, I'm good for a financial tease. And I think, uh, I think we accomplished that in this, in this quick conversation. Um, and then, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know the blogs and the, and the written communication. So um, no, I'm, I'm on board with that. So yeah, let me add one more thing then let's jump into some strategies after that. So the other thing that I do encourage um you know, is, is it's tied directly to, you know, being more efficient with debt of college debt is um, have that conversation. I mean, I just uh, I just dropped my kid off today as his first year of high school. So now I have a freshman in the household. Um, you know, it's a little too early to talk about, son, what's your career? What do you want to do tomorrow? Uh, I will tell you this. I love it. My 12 year old, who you know so well uh, through things is he's I asked him last night. I said, so, buddy, what do you want to do when you get older? He goes, I want to do what you do, dad. Uh, so I got my little buddy um, who loves financial advising, loves helping people. But my older son, who's, you know, rightfully does not need an answer yet. But as I've encouraged it in our household, we're going to have that conversation, usually starting towards the end of his uh, sophomore year, early junior. Because if you can hit college with a better understanding of maybe what you're interested in, where you want to go, the efficiency through college and taking classes, and more importantly, checking with your local um, colleges in the area when you're in high school, you know, when you're senior and taking some of those credits earlier when they're so much cheaper than going to the big universities and trying to get as much of that workload out of the way. Um, it takes planning just like everything. And the reason I wanted to throw that in as a great segment into how we approach, approach things in the Clear Picture Wealth program when it comes down to this priority of a client, it's out there. If you have a priority and you need, talk to us about it. But these are some of the things that we're going to share with you is, is having the behind the doors or at around the table at home discussions and being intentional. Yeah. You know, and, and as I'm pondering, like, uh, how do I, ha- how do I handle the, 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 the volley that you threw over to me on the 529s? It, it's really around, it, it doesn't happen in 2023. So you got to be conscious of this. It has to be in 2024 where you could take portions of the 529 and move it into the child's Roth IRA. Um, but you're subject to a, a number of different things. You can only do up to 35000 in total. You're subject to the annual limit every year. So this year it's 6500 But again, you can't do it in 2023, so don't do this, right? So you can see there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about, Andy, and there's always going to be an, like, there could be an asterisk. So I'm trying to make sure that most of the stuff we don't talk has an asterisk. So we'll get that on the blog. Okay, yep. so... I want to I want to share with uh, those that are listening and with you, Andy, like a, a, a conversation that I recently had with a grandparent. So, with a grandparent, uh, the uh, they, it's it's the first one on both sides. So everybody's pumped up, excited. The baby just turned a month old. Okay, the granddaughter. So 
Yeah. Big stuff is going on. And think about this. They called me and they go, listen, we want to take $5,000 and put it towards uh, our kids, our grandchild's education. And I said, okay, great. We could definitely talk through that. Let me ask you, what are the other grandparents doing? They're like, they're doing the same thing. They're going to put the money into a 529 plan. I was like, oh, do you know how much? And they're like $5,000 a year. I was like, holy guacamole, right? This is, I don't know. Yeah. I had wonderful grandparents. I still do, right? But like, not like that, right? And so I was like, okay, let's just talk through it. Let me talk to your son because I want to understand their finances. Well, the son was, this is an example of multi-generational planning. The son was woefully underfunded on life insurance. And so we looked at a life insurance policy that built up a cash value within it off of his life, not the grandparents' life, right? We wanted to get as much in the cash value. We even ran it on the granddaughter, who's only a month old, right? But we looked at the policy on his life, the, 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 the father's life. And what we were able to see is by the time that the granddaughter gets to college age, they're going to have money that they could uh, withdraw from tax-free. They could even, at 16, let's say, uh, the granddaughter wants to buy their first car, they could... They could lend that money to the granddaughter and teach financial principles where she's going to pay back that loan with a small interest that's smaller than what she could get at the bank. And it stays within the family. And that's, that's a technique called family banking. But we're using it for the benefit of the granddaughter. Now, this client had a trust, and we're going to have the owner of the policy be the trust. The insured is the dad who's in his, who's, who's 30, who's turning 36. Okay. And the beneficiary is not the granddaughter. The beneficiary is the trust because there could be the generation skipping rules and regulations there. But by doing it in the trust, we just write a provision within the trust so that this policy is earmarked for the children of this father, of this person, of the son. And then by doing it that way, if they have additional children down the down the line, well, then that policy could be split up to however, two, three, how many children they end up having. So we wrote it out in a way that involved not just estate planning, but multi-generational planning, education planning, first home planning, family banking, you name it. It was a, it was a lot of moving parts. But that's what we were able to identify through the clear picture analysis, not only from the grandparents. But going through the Clear Picture Wealth Program for their son and daughter-in-law. Now, here's the interesting thing. We're going to be able to get that parent, those two parents on the right track for their finances. But also, they're starting off ahead of the curve on their, on their own baby, who's one month old, as we have this conversation, that they're going to be able to fully fund educational expenses as long as they go to an in-state school. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is in-state, yeah. out-of-state, right? The numbers could get really funky. And if you look at inflation, <laughs> education costs are one of the highest inflation rates that we have in this country. So having multiple arrows in the quiver to tackle yeah. this topic is such an important <clears> thing. <throat> now, Andy, I know I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a moment, but could I just have said, hey, why don't you just open up a 529 plan or or gift it to the kids to put it into the 529 plan or, or UTMA or UGMA type of a strategy. Could I have done that? By all means. And we, we did look at it. 
what we saw was what was in the best interest, not only to my client, but then also to the intentions of the money was not just only for education as we went through the dialogue. It was to make sure that they could use it for anything that is needed down the road that is just in the best interest and the benefit of the granddaughter. Yeah, and as we kind of wrap on that, I mean, I'm going to echo it to a bit. Part of the value of the Clear Picture Wealth Program that we work so intently with our clients on is to multi-purpose investments for our clients. In this particular case, a 529 does get limited. It's got some of its benefits. I'm not saying out there, don't use them. They are a great funding source. They've got some benefits. But if you could take the same dollar and be able to provide multiple options, because life will change, options will, will, will adjust, let's do that. If you've got $5,000 to save per year, where is the most efficient way to be able to provide that benefit? And that's what we try to help to identify. That's what makes our clients unique. Um, the funding commitment, uh, the need, the goals, all those things are what we have to determine. And from there, we can look at some of these underutilized strategies that you just referred to in the life insurance. The grandparent planning can come in with with so much stuff. So um, I, I think that it's just opening the door and uh, and having a conversation uh, tailored to you and uh, finding a way to to realize goals. What is it if you if you if you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. Is that what it says? Is that the saying? I think, so so the- if you get anything from this conversation, don't get that, okay? Because I think I butchered that quote. <laughs> but what I want you to get is it, we can't, as a professional, we can't help unless you come to us and, and share what your goals and aspirations are and what you're looking to achieve. And and we will bring up in our conversation a little what about Little Jack and Sue here. <laughs> do we want to do any education planning for them? And you're the ones who are going to say yes or no to that question. If the answer is no, okay, great. Right? Thanks for letting us know. If the answer is yes, great. What does that look like? How in-depth do you want us to go? Do you want to do the plan that my parents have, which was no plan? Don't do that. <clears throat> I love you, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. Don't do what they did to me, okay? Because they didn't have a plan. Andy's parents, my wife's parents, other my clients, they have a plan for their children. And I'm going to tell you, that's going to provide a lot more security to your, to your young kid's financial future by having some sort of plan in place. I'm Jason Noble, and that is Andy Merchant. Thank you so much for listening. That was 20 Minutes of Clarity. <laughs>